Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 91. The All-Star Bonanza is, has started this week. I'm, I'm here in St. Pete, Florida, covering the Shrine Game, and Ed and I are going to be in, in Mobile, Alabama next week. It's going to be exciting, Ed. Um, are you looking forward to it? Oh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Senior Bowl is definitely one of the highlights of doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Covering the best seniors in the nation and, and seeing them up close and, and interviewing them. And it's been a great week here in, in St. Pete, Florida at the East West Shrine Bowl. And we will get to that a little bit shortly. Uh, obviously, we've got NFL to talk about at the top of the show. And uh, let's start with the AFC Championship game. According to Bovada Sportsbook, the Kansas City Chiefs at home are the favorites over the Tennessee Titans, minus seven and a half. What are we to make of this? Are you on the Tennessee Titans bandwagon right now? I mean, they've beaten the Patriots. They've beaten the Ravens. And uh, I assume that you're a believer right now, Ed. Yeah, I I am. Uh, You know, you look at it, you look at the teams they beat. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Ravens. I mean, those were the two toughest games of the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are a much easier opponent. The fact is is that the Titans are winning because of running the ball and playing good defense. So um, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans to represent the AFC. So everybody talked about the Ravens running game, Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson had a good game. You know, a lot of people are bashing him for having a bad game, but he threw for like 300 yards and, and still rushed for a ton of yards. So it was, it was just a good game plan by the Tennessee Titans. So what would you think of that, Ed? Can anybody stop Derrick Henry? No, Derrick Henry is definitely peaking at the right time. And, uh, you know, there was some question, you know, when he was drafted, if he'd, you know, really be be able to replicate what he's done in college in the NFL. And he's he's shown that he is, you know, just as effective in the NFL as he has been in college. Yeah, it's, it's really has been uh, amazing out here. And I give all the credit to that coaching staff and Mike Vrabel and those uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. They've really done a great job. It's no secret what they want to do. They want to play good defense, run the football, and use Ryan Tannehill and play, play action passes. But I don't think they, they have enough against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are riding high right now after that the incredible game against the Houston Texans. That was the best game of the weekend, Ed. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, to fall behind 24 to nothing and all, all of a sudden come back and just blow the Texans out, that was that was the best game that I've seen in a while, Ed. I mean, it was just, you would think the Kansas City Chiefs are out of it. All of a sudden they're back in it. And I just, to me, it goes back to Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien screwed it up, Ed, especially with that that fake punt that he did, um, you know, in his own uh, territory out there. You have the lead twenty four to seven. Why do you have to risk it that way? Yeah, I, I understand, but you know what? You have to really hand it to Patrick Mahomes because he really took it to them in the second quarter, and he and he did it and he did it into the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. So I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you taking the Titans to, yeah. to get to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I'm actually. I, I think the Titans actually have an easier game this week than they have the last two weeks. So I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Arrowhead is a tough place to play, Ed. 
I mean, that place gets loud. If you've never been there, I mean, it's just it's an incredible atmosphere, and I just think th- those fans are going to be in it, and they, they want to get Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes into the Super Bowl. I just think that's where the advantage is going to come in. I just don't believe that the Titans can come up with three road win victories. I just I, I think it's going to end this weekend. I mean, maybe so, but I, I, I just I, – I, I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, the Chiefs will have home field advantage. But you know what? The Titans have played on the road the last three weeks, so – and they've shown they can win in tough environments. All right, let's get to the NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Bavada has the San Francisco 49ers as the favorites in this game. Not a surprise at home, minus 7.5 over the Packers. Uh, what are we to make of this? I mean, you and I, we picked the Seahawks to beat the Green Bay Packers. Didn't happen, Ed. I mean, the Green Bay Packers pulled it off. Aaron Rodgers made a couple of beautiful throws at the end of the game, and Devontae Adams was unstoppable in that game. I, I don't get it. I mean, the Seahawks should have doubled on him and took him out of the game. Let somebody else beat you. They they failed to do that, and it just it came back to haunt them. Yeah, I mean, I really should have went with my early season prediction because I had the Packers as my surprise team. And, uh, you know, I knew Aaron Rodgers would be an effective player in this league, and, you know, he would come back real strong this year. And um, so it looks like, you know, it looks like the Packers are going to make, you know, a run. But I think, I, I don't know if this week, this week it'll be interesting. And then, um, you know, you have to kind of give some credit to Matt LaFleur getting, getting to this point, you know, being a first-time head coach. I got to give it to you, Ed. You had the Titans winning the the AFC South and getting into the playoffs, and even though they didn't win the division, look where they are right now. I mean, you're picking them to go to the Super Bowl. It's a it's a feel good story, and you picked the Packers. They were your surprise team, and then look where they are right now. I mean, you were you were correct. So I got to give you all the credit. I'm uh, you know I'm I'm going to listen to you from now on when it comes to to making those NFL predictions because I've and yeah, I made some bad ones. You made some good ones. Yeah, I, th- I think it's gone pretty good for me the first two years. But, uh, yeah, i got to keep it going the next couple of years. So uh, are we taking the 49ers in this game just because they're at home? Is, is Kyle Shanahan going to go back to – going to go to his first Super Bowl as the head coach of the Niners? I, I, I actually I, – I'm really kind of a believer in the 49ers. You know, they've been doubted pretty much at every – every stop in this game. But you know what? They, they they play great defensive line ball. You know, they play great on the defensive line. And Jimmy Garoppolo does enough to win. And so I think I think they're going to be representing the NFC. All right. So Ed has got the 49ers against the Titans in the Super Bowl. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. We'll find out. I mean, if it was up to me, I'll, I'll go with – Ed's prediction, just because he's been right so far. Uh, all right, let, let's get to the coaching hires, Ed. Uh, it's just it's been a really, really busy week, uh, especially for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they've hired one of the hotter offensive coordinators out there. You can't even call him an offensive coordinator. He was a passing game coordinator at LSU. Joe Brady. He's 30 years old and. Matt Rule hires them as an offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Great move, huh? 
Yeah, well, Joe Brady did do an awesome job with Joe Burrow this year. So I I actually thought, you know, after that national championship game, he deserves an upgrade to, from the job he had. And, you know, whether it was to be the full-time OC at LSU or, you know, to move on to the NFL, I think this is actually a good move by the Panthers. Um, you know, they're going to be looking to add a quarterback, I think. And now they got guys who, you know, know the college ranks pretty well and Matt Rule and Joe Brady. So... Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think this is their year to draft a quarterback. I don't think the Carolina Panthers, with the new coaching staff, they don't have any commitment to Cam Newton. They're going to move on from him. Kyle Allen is not the future there, Ed. Uh, they're sitting there seventh overall, but they've got two teams ahead of them that are also in the quarterback hunt. The Miami Dolphins have five, and then um, we've got um, at six, we've got another team. It slips my mind. Who who's out there, Ed? Who's who's sitting? They've got another team out there. That San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers also at six. They might move on from Philip Rivers, and even if they don't move on, they're looking for a guy that will take over in the future. So are the Carolina Panthers basically going to strike out with the quarterback in the first round just because we know the Bengals are going quarterback at number one, and then you've got the Dolphins at five, Chargers at six. You know, it's it's a tough position to be in if you're looking for that top ten quarterback. Well, I think if they find the guy they like and they know from college game, they find the guy they like, they're gonna trade up and they're gonna they're gonna trade up and try to get their guy because that's that's really I think I think that's what kind of the chess pieces are moving towards. Carolina Panthers also got some bad news. Um, it happened yesterday. Uh, one of the best linebackers that the uh, from the game, NFL, Luke Keegley, uh, 28 years old, uh, retires f- from the game. And we saw Andrew Luck retire before the start of the season. Uh, we've seen some early retirements before. Keegley has been rumored because of his concussion problems the last couple of years. This was rumored back in, in 2016. He, he does it now. He had a great career, man. It's, it, with his numbers... Even though he retired this early, is he a Hall of Fame-worthy type of candidate? I think he did enough in his eight years. Um, I know he didn't probably won't have the longevity, but the years he he was in the league, I mean, he was in the Pro Bowl most of those years. I mean, he, you know, a lot of guys who go to the Hall of Fame don't have as many Pro Bowls as this guy, so. Yeah, one of my favorite linebackers in the game. I mean, how can you not love Luke Keegley and what he has done? I mean, came out of college and just became the leader of the Carolina Panthers defense. And now they're looking for a new one. So it's it's been a good week for the Panthers. They get Joe Brady, but... Um, obviously, Luke Keegley is, is a huge loss for them. And, and uh, national championship game, since we started talking about Brady, uh, just you were right. LSU, uh, feel-good story. I picked Clemson. Ed picked LSU once again. Ed wins this one. He wins every game, it seems like. <laughs> uh, it's, like, like you mentioned, it's, it was a dream season for them, and I'm really happy for Joe Burrow and, and Ed Orgeron. Yeah, I, I I thought this was just a great year for LSU. I thought they played so many tough opponents. You know, they 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 put Texas on their schedule. I respect them for playing Texas and taking it to Texas early in the season. They played the SEC conference tough. Um, you know, they were ready and they they won handily against Alabama. 
Um, you know, and then and then they, they they saved the best for last in the college football playoffs. They dominated both teams. I mean, really, they didn't dominate Clemson as bad as they did uh, Oklahoma. But I mean, they really, you know, towards the end, I mean, the game was won pretty much halfway through the fourth quarter in in the national championship game. So, um, you know, LSU LSU had not only a great year for themselves, but I think one of the better years of a team in like the last five years. Clemson had a great plan coming in. I mean, LSU was confused early on. Uh, they, they did a good job throwing some things at them on the defensive side of the ball and just blitzing and causing pressure and causing havoc. Burrow looked lost for the first time this season. Uh, it was 17-7, to but Clemson couldn't keep it up. They, they didn't make the, the second-half adjustment. LSU did, and it just... And they rolled from there, Ed. I mean, they made the adjustment. And everything worked fine for them. But it felt like Clemson had a good game plan. It's just Trevor Lawrence didn't bring his A game. He, he really struggled in the national championship game. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, the thing is about Trevor Lawrence is, I mean, this was the first loss he's had really as a starter. So, I mean, you know, for him to lose to LSU, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say Trevor Lawrence is, you know, a you know, a done deal or, you know, he's, he's overrated or anything like that. I think, I think he, I think he, I think he's, you know, maybe a downgrade from where he was last year, but he's not, he's not, you know, he's, he's still a, a first round candidate, you know, and, and uh, not, no, not, he's still a candidate for the number one overall pick as far as I'm concerned, Ed. I mean, he didn't have a great championship game, but he still had a great second half of the year. Look, Trevor Lawrence is everything the NFL is looking for. I think we're going to see Burrow and Lawrence face off in, you know, in the Super Bowls or the, the conference championship game for, for years to come. This, is like, this might be like a, a Brady versus Peyton Manning type of deal. And we might see this down the line. I, I'm ready to say it. Now, Burrow and Lawrence could take over the NFL. This is the new Brady. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a little bit of a stretch for, uh, you know, saying that about Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I think very highly of both quarterbacks, especially Joe Burrow. But um, to say that they're going to take over the NFL, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little bit bolder statement than I would make. All right, fair enough. Uh, Bavada takes sports betters closer to the action. It's fun, it's safe, and it's fast. It's sports betting made easy. We talked about the Browns last week, Ed, and we mentioned a few candidates out there. Well, it seems like Kevin Stefanski got the job. He was the favorite. A lot of rumors last year that Paul DePodesta, uh, who was always a higher up in, in the front office for the Cleveland Browns, he was actually in Stefanski's corner last year when they hired Freddie Kitchens. Once again, his name came up, and they couldn't pass it up after Kitchens got fired. So they got their man. They're a man that needs to develop Baker Mayfield and get his confidence up. Yeah, I just, just the thing is, is that I, I kind of worry about this pickup is that, uh, you know, Stefanski is a big unknown. Um, you know, this is kind of a high-risk, high-reward kind of kind of pick, and um, I thought there were kind of some safer options uh, on the table for the Browns. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, this is their guy, but, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like if this is the exact guy I would go with. 
I know you would have went with Robert Sala, my guy, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. It's amazing, Ed. You lose the divisional playoff game. The Vikings lost. Robert Sala had the best of Kevin Stefanski on that day, and he doesn't get the job. The loser gets the head coaching job. It's amazing to me. Yeah, I, I just – it's not It's not even about that. I think, I think it was just that, you know – Basically, it was the politics of the, the room in, in Cleveland, and you know the the those on on Stefanski's side said, you know, we get our guy. You guys were wrong about Kitchens. We got our guy, and so, um, but the, you know, it's just, I I mean, it's about being right. <laughs> so, um, I, I you know he could he could end up being a good coach, but I, I just. I I, the, I I think the Browns, you know, knowing knowing how much talent they have, I think they should have been the first team hiring a coach. Um, I don't know why they were the last team hiring a coach. I, I, I'd question that move. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos really quickly, Ed. Um, you, you mentioned this. Pat Shermer uh, is hired as the offensive coordinator to develop the future quarterback and Drew Locke. Yeah, I, I think I think this is a good move. Um, you know, Pat Shermer probably better suited to be an offensive coordinator in the league. Um, you know, he's he's going to be Drew Locke is going to be his guy. It's going to be his project, and um, you know, I think there's some excitement in sort of the Denver the Denver market about Drew Locke. Um, you know, there I still have some questions about Drew Locke. You know, in terms of accuracy. Um, you know, I think a big question is, is can Pat Shermer fix that accuracy and you know, can he teach him not to stare down receivers? And if I think if he can do those two things, um, Pat Shermer will get a head coaching job again, and Drew Locke and the Broncos will be back in competition, and Elway will have a secured job. So a lot riding on this pick. All right, let's get to the East-West Shrine game, Ed. I've been here for the past three days. We're recording on Wednesday. I've seen three practices, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesday practice. There's been some really good talent here. I think the talent level has been better than what it has been the, the last couple of years. I have to admit that. I mean, I see a couple of guys that legitimately could should be drafted on day two. And I wanted to mention a few guys coming into the week, guys that I kind of wrote down and said, these guys are going to be the lead dogs. I want to start with an offensive guard center, Daryl Williams from Mississippi State. I actually was surprised that he didn't get a senior bowl invite. Uh, this guy's a gritty run blocker. He's physical. He's tough. Um, didn't have his best year as a center this year. I think he's a better fit at guard. Um, but I want to remind our folks, Jenkins, who was drafted in the second round by the Green Bay Packers, has been a fixture there. Uh, they went to the same school. Daryl Williams could be the next one in line. Another guy's defensive end, Alex Highsmith, had a great senior year, uh, 14 sacks, uh, Charlotte defensive end. He's more of an outside linebacker for a 3-4 team. He's just got a... a a dynamite, like a dynamic first step. It's really quick, and he's got a nonstop motor, and that's what I've seen this week. I mean, the guy's been flying around and just bringing the energy out there. Um, wanted to mention a couple of corners. Uh, Navelle Clark from UCF. This guy's got great ball skills. I mean, this guy's instinctive. He's always around the ball. I'm not sure how fast he's going to run, but he's one of my favorite corners not 
playing at the Senior Bowl. So that that was one of the guys that I wanted to mention again. And Raquan Williams, defensive tackle from Michigan State. Um, this guy isn't flashy. He doesn't get to the quarterback, but he's a really good run defender. Um, I know it doesn't get you know get you drafted in the first round, but this guy reminds me of like an Eddie Goldman type of player. He can take on double teams. He's got strong hands. He's got good size, and he knows how to use them. Um, I think he's flashed here the first two days on Monday and Tuesday. He's been hard to handle, but he didn't win those battles in the one-on-ones because he doesn't have the quickest first step out there. And last guy that I wanted to mention, Ed, it's Mr. Versatile, um, offensive lineman from Oregon. He played right tackle this year. He has practiced at right guard, at center. He's played some right tackle on Wednesday. This guy has started over 50 games. His name is Calvin Throckmorton. Uh, just a really Mr. Versatile, can play a number of positions. Um, he's really technically sound. He's got good hand placement. He's got to improve his core strength because he gets knocked back at the point of attack. But those are the guys that I had written down. And then obviously there were some guys that, that stood out during the week. So let's talk about that, Ed. Yeah. Um, why, don't we, why don't we go to quarterbacks? Um Start out, uh, can you tell me about Kevin Davidson? Yeah, let's go with Davidson. Um, he um, he got his chance in 2019. He only started for one year at Princeton, uh, waited on the sidelines. This guy's got a, a very strong arm. He can make all the throws. He can fit the ball into the tight spot. He's got good size. He throws a pretty accurate deep ball. And I think he's picked up the offense pretty well uh, during the week. Uh, he commands the huddle, ran the, the two-minute drill really well today. Um, he, he is the one guy that has stood out throughout the week, and he has gotten better. Mr. Consistent, Kevin Davidson, Princeton quarterback, uh, has been the most consistent quarterback at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Okay, um, so why don't we go on to the running backs. Um, can you tell me about Tavian Feaster? Yeah, if uh, fans remember this, Tavian Feaster won a national championship with Clemson, and then he transferred um, last summer to South Carolina. Uh, Tavian Feaster, I just I love what he did as a route runner. He caught the ball really well, which is something that is really key in today's NFL. And he did an excellent job in pass protection. Those those drills, going against linebackers and safeties, and just great hand placement, uh, keeps good balance, and has the strength to sustain those blocks. Very important in today's game. A running back has got to be able to pass protect and catch the ball out of the backfield, and that's what Tavian Feaster has, has done through, throughout this week. All right, and uh, staying with the running back group, uh, let's go with uh, Tony Jones. Uh, Tony Jones, uh, the, yeah, the the Notre Dame or running back, another guy that caught the ball well and, and did well in then pass protection. Um, you know, it's maybe didn't have the stellar career that I think some might have anticipated when he came out of Florida, but uh, Tony Jones, another running back that, that stood out, played for the West team, and um, d- did some good things in, uh, in pass protection and in the receiving aspect. All right, let's move on to uh, receivers. And the first guy I want to talk about is Benjamin Victor. Have you watched this guy yet? No, I haven't, but I want to hear about him. 
Well, we all remember last year, Terry McLaurin at the Senior Bowl came out of nowhere, and uh, obviously he was drafted in the third round, and we know, you know what a great rookie year he had for, for the Washington Redskins. Well, Benji Victor... He's got great length. He's got long arms. Um, he's got good short area quickness. For a bigger receiver, he really surprised me with his route running because I didn't see that on film. And when I came into this week, I, I thought Victor struggled to, to drop those hips and get out of his breaks. But he was crafty with his route running. Good short area quickness, caught the ball well, catches the ball away from his frame. He's a hands catcher. I thought Benji Victor really had a great week. One of the players that has really helped himself the most. He was the lead dog for, for the West team, and I would definitely say that he was probably the, my best wide receiver uh, in, in St. Pete this week. And so this is a guy that we're going to see at the Senior Bowl, right? We'll see. I mean, we'll see, to be honest with you. I mean, there was another guy that I anticipated to be here, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. He decided to sit out and focus on the combine. I mean, if there's some injuries, if somebody goes down, I would say Victor should be added to the Senior Bowl. I'm sure a couple of guys are going to get added. It's hard to say who is going to be a late add, but I wouldn't be surprised if a wide receiver goes down for some reason that Victor's name will, will be added and he'll be playing at the Senior Bowl. All right. Um, another guy I want to talk about is uh, Jonathan Johnson. Yeah, let's talk about him. Missouri, uh, there was a connection. Kelly Bryant was a quarterback here from Missouri. Was always looking in Jonathan Johnson's direction. A slot receiver who runs precise routes and he's got great short area quickness. He's, he's just incredibly quick in and out of his breaks and he was able to create separation and I thought had a really good practice on Tuesday and today as well. Jonathan Johnson, a name to also keep an eye on. All right and uh, I also wanted to ask you about the Rhode Island guy Aaron Parker. Yeah, Parker, I think uh, there was a lot of buzz about him. Uh, He's got great ball skills and he makes a lot of tough catches in traffic. Um, he flashed at times, Ed, but didn't have the week that I expected him to have. I thought he got better, but I just I expected a little bit more. You always believe that with a small school player, you want to see him, um, you know, get more comfortable against big time competition. He came from an FCS school, and there's a lot to like. the The film on him is is good. Uh, I just I wish he would have done better in terms of his route running and creating separation. I thought he struggled at times. I wanted to mention two wide receivers uh, before we move on to another group. I wanted to mention Mason Kinsey from Barry College. This is a Division three school from Georgia. I'm sure nobody is even, who listens to podcasts, nobody has ever heard of Barry College. But this guy has improved. Um, every day that he's been here, he runs really good routes. He's small. But he's a slot receiver that's just precise, and uh, he can create separation out there. And I want to give props to a Navy quarterback-turned-wide receiver here. It's uh, Malcolm Perry. Uh, He was a quarterback at Navy. He's been practicing here at wide receiver. He catches the ball cleanly and gets in and out of his breaks really, really well. He has progressed and and gotten better again as as the week uh, moved along here. All right, um, let's let's go into the offensive linemen, um, guys up front. Um, can you tell me about Michael Onwenu? 
yeah, this guy has surprised me. I mean, this guy helped himself at this event. Um, you know, when I was breaking down Michigan offensive linemen, I overlooked this guy because I was studying Runyon and I was looking at Bredesen. And then I was like, who is this guy? Michael Onwenu. And he's just, he's got a huge frame. He's about 350 pounds. It's hard to get around him. He's got, uh, he just, that initial hand punch, it, it jolts the defender's back. He's got great strength and power, a very good run blocker, and he has sustained his blocks really well in the one-on-ones here in, the, in pass protection. I've really been impressed with him. This is the one guy that has really jumped out of me. I'm, I'm just I, I didn't expect. I didn't know him. And all of a sudden, I was like, who is this guy? And he has been, he's been a dominant force uh, during the, the practice session here. All right, and uh, let's move on to Kevin Dotson. Yeah, Kevin Dotson uh, is the player I was really excited about coming into the week as well. Uh, we'll see Robert Hunt, uh, his partner and line mate, uh, be there at the Senior Bowl. But Dotson is a really good run defender. He just he gets a push, and he gets a lot of pancake blocks out there. But he has surprised me in pass protection here in the one-on-one side. He wasn't the most technically sound guy uh, when I was watching film on him, but he's done well here with, with the knee bend and, and holding down and sustaining those blocks. Kevin Dotson has has done better in pass protection than I anticipated he would. So uh, he's definitely helped himself uh, this week at the Shrine Bowl. Awesome. Uh, so moving on to uh – Tell me about uh, Yassir Durant. This is the last of the offensive line guys. This guy was a JUCO transfer. He started at left tackle at Missouri for three years. Uh, just a big body, Ed. Uh, huge, long arms, and he's athletic, and he's got quick feet. My only concern is I've heard some questions about his work ethic, and that really worries me. If he keeps himself in shape, uh, I think, you know, it's it's tough to get around him. I, I don't see him being a left tackle at the next level. He's certainly a right tackle, but uh, this guy is, is a player when he is on. I'm just I'm curious whether he's going to be motivated enough. I've heard some question marks about his work ethic. All right. Um, well, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, we got defensive lineman McTevin Agim, uh, again, uh, from Arkansas. Yeah, McTelvin Aguim uh, from Arkansas was a five-star recruit coming out. Uh, he didn't live up to his billing uh, and certainly didn't play up to his ranking. Um, but he started a lot of games at Arkansas. He started a defensive end, a defensive tackle. He's worked primarily here at defensive tackle. Yeah, just a quick first step, man. It's, it's lightning quick, and he times it really well, especially in the one-on-ones, and he's got – quick hands as well. So I've been impressed with Aguim. I, th- I would say one of the guys that has really put himself on the map here and uh, one of the players that has had a really good week at in St. Pete. So Aguim is, is a player to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. All right, and uh, the other guy I wanted to ask about in the defensive line group is Khalil Davis. Uh, undersized, um, but uh, again, uh, the hands... Uh, the the quickness off the snap. Uh, he's had some good battles with, with the offensive linemen. I thought he had a, an impressive practice on Monday, and he followed that up with another great day on Tuesday. Another defensive lineman who has worked at defensive end and defensive tackle throughout the week. A guy, Another player that has uh, helped himself during the week. 
All right. Um, and then uh, let's move on to uh, – let's go on to the cornerbacks. Uh, Parnell Motley, can you tell me about him? I think this is the guy that has helped themselves the most uh, throughout the week. Uh, I know you you plan on asking me that question, who helped themselves the most. I think Parnell Motley, uh, a guy who has been through his ups and downs throughout his career, who had a lot of question marks heading into his senior year. He had a breakout year in terms of his coverage ability. He found his way on the roster here at the Shrine Bowl. He's been dominant. And, and you know, for a guy that's got the length but is skinny, he needs to gain strength and, and gain some weight. But he's aggressive and physical for a guy who's probably about 175 pounds. Um, he's got good ball skills. I think that's something that he has improved during his senior year. But the most important thing is just his closing speed. And his closing speed, he just he reads and reacts and just drives on the ball. He's really instinctive. He knows where the ball is going. He seems to recognize the routes that the wide receivers are going to run in different situations. And that's what's been impressive in the one-on-one session. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday, I would say this is the player that's been dominant for the East team. I've been uh, I've been very impressed by him. A guy has, has stood out, lights out for me. A, a Sooner uh, who has just, uh, again, had a great senior year and followed that up with uh, – with a very good showing in this All-Star game, and he's going to be at the Combine, and I'm looking to see what, what he's going to run. I think he's a high 4-4 guy. All right. Um, so going on to the safeties, uh, there's the Army guy, Elijah Riley. Can you uh, kind of give me the rundown on him? He may not be in this draft, but uh, just would like to know how he's doing. Well, he's he's going to the service academy. He plays at Army, but look, uh, this guy's instinctive, uh, just really always around the ball, um, whether it's in run defense or in pass coverage. Uh, came up with a couple of picks during the week. Uh, just knew where the ball was going and just had good change of direction skills. And uh, Elijah Riley is always good to see some servicemen, uh, whether it's Navy or Army, being here at the, the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl. Elijah Riley has uh, has had himself uh, a good week. And uh, just the last guy I want to ask you about, uh, Patrick Nelson. Mr. Versatile from SMU. He started his career at Illinois, transferred to SMU, uh, this guy had like 12 sacks his senior year. Um, you know, he's kind of working at a different position. He's working at safety, played more linebacker in college. Just athletic, has good speed, and can do a number of things. Uh, just can, can help a team in a number of ways. This guy could be a good special teams player. And, he, like I said, play different positions. And this is what the, the NFL is about. It's a hybrid league. You're looking for players that can fill different spots, and, and Patrick Nelson can play that. Had a great senior year. All right. So uh, just overall, overall, it was very good talent uh, level, and just, you know, the Shrine Bowl is always, uh, you, you can't beat it, Ed. I mean, you're in Florida, you've got, you know, 27, you know, it's like 85 degrees out there. Um, but uh, the last two years, we've We've had practices at Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Devil Rays play. Um, I've always enjoyed those those practices outside that we had in, at an elementary school and high school. I've always enjoyed that. It was it was a chance to get a tan, and now I, I, I can't get that tan in Florida mm-hmm. because 
We've got, we've got practices inside. All right. So um, just the final kind of things. Uh, who's the biggest winner this week? I would say Motley, Parnell Motley, and Benjamin Victor. I think those are the two players that have helped themselves the, the most during the week. And uh, if you would say biggest loser this week, who would you say? I don't like to do that, Ed. I, I really don't. Uh, you can't be a loser at these all-star games. I I would never do that. I would never put somebody down just because they're here at an all-star game. They're competing at a high level against the best seniors out there. You probably didn't have the best week, but I'm not going to put you down out there. You're still interviewing with scouts. You're still showing what you can do. So I'll never, I'll never do that, Ed. Okay. And uh, we'll go on to uh, best memory from Shrine Game practices. The West team um, hasn't had the best practices out there. Their their tempo hasn't always been up. It seems like, um, you know, as a scout or draft analyst like myself, I want to see one-on-ones. I, I want to see, you know, nine-on-sevens of the scrimmage portion. They seem to be practicing a lot of, like, special teams, a lot of drills, and it seems like this team wants to win. But from a scouting perspective, the West team and the, the coaching staff didn't give us a, as much information as, as the East team out there. And another thing, I mean, we had the lights go out uh, during the West practice. I mean, that was fun for about maybe three or four minutes. But scouts wanted to go home. It was like at the end of practice, but they kept going. And they actually played – with the lights off. I mean, the quarterback was throwing to his wide receivers. I mean, they were doing the team portion, and it didn't seem to phase them. So that was – that was. I've never seen that before. I'm sure they just forgot to uh, pay the electricity bill, but <laughs> it uh, <laughs> everything seemed to be working. So that, that, that was really good out there. So uh, I, I've really enjoyed the experience. Uh, Bovada takes – Sports bettors closer to the action. It's fun, it's safe, and it's fast. It's sports betting made easy. If you're looking for football futures or NFL props, go to Bovada. Bovada has you covered. Uh, we've got a guest uh, waiting on the line right now. It's uh, former Virginia Tech quarterback and 2020 NFL draft prospect, Ryan Willis. Ryan, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. So let, let's get to uh, the first question. Where are you currently training for the NFL draft? Um, I'm kind of in a standstill right now. I'm back home in Kansas City for the next few days, and I'm flying out to the Hula Bowl in the next three, four days. Then I fly at Phoenix Exos until the draft. Okay, so you, you chose Phoenix, a uh, nice, sunny area. Yeah. Just, uh, what, Not what's place what's the connection there? Why did you decide to go with Exos in Phoenix? Uh, my agent kind of told me that would be the best route for me, and it's not a bad place to be. It's getting some sunshine. Uh, they got some of the top-of-the-line trainers there, and just being around other prospects. Um, it's going to be good. We're going to be competing every day. I got receivers to throw to there and just getting better. Uh, obviously, the Hula Bowl, you mentioned it. You mentioned it on the show. Tell me about that. You were, I would assume you were a late ad. And it's not a bad deal to go to Hawaii and show your stuff out there for the NFL Scouts. <clears throat> yeah, um, I got invited to the Hula Bowl probably three, maybe four weeks ago. Um, I, I'm super 
Maine and Prime War Scouts. Um, we're playing on CBS, so it's going to be national television games. It's just good to get my name out there and show people what I can do. This is not your first go-around, uh, obviously, Ryan. You were at CGS All-Star Game in Texas. Tell me, mm-hmm. about that. Tell me about that All-Star Game. How did that go for you? Yeah, no, they put on a really good showcase down in Dallas. Um, there was some good competition down there, and I thought it performed fairly well. Um, the first day, we had pre-interviews, and I met with like three, four teams. Then we had our first practice, and after that, I ended up meeting those 15, 20 teams. So I think I appeared to impress some people, which is a good sign. Um, you know, I, I just like going down there competing and throwing the ball around. It's just the love of the game. Uh, just felt so good to be back on the field. So can you tell me about your experience playing for KU? Yeah. Um, so I signed with KU at high school. Um, I was recruited by Charlie Weiss, and I'll never forget this. It was my birthday, my senior year of high school. I woke up to about 30 texts. I all thought they were going to be happy birthday texts. It was no. Coach, Coach Weiss got fired. Coach Weiss got fired. Everything. So I'll never forget that. Um, so I was recruited there. I committed to him. Um, it, was just, it was the best opportunity for me at the time. I had other options, and I was the only quarterback they offered. I knew I'd play there. I liked what he was going to do. And so KU brought in Coach David Beatty. Um, I stayed to my commitment. Um, I didn't feel like I could turn my back on my hometown team. And so I signed at KU. Um, I showed up there day one. I was put at the bottom of every depth chart. Um, I think I was the fourth or fifth string my first day on campus. And worked my butt off all summer, fall camp. And I was I had full intention of redshirting my freshman year. And I got my redshirt pulled first game, second quarter. So the starter got knocked down for a few plays, got the wind knocked out, and I went in for a few plays. And this is before all the redshirting rules. So the new redshirting rules are that freshmen can play four games. I'm sure – Everyone knows about it, blah, 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 blah. So that wasn't the case at the time. So the coaches decided, they're like, all right, we burned his red shirt. we got to start working him in here and there. So next few weeks, I started going in, out, in, out. And then we're at Iowa State. I think it was the uh, fourth game of the year. Uh, third or fourth, yeah. Um, at Iowa State, we're rotating series. I'm doing okay. And the other guy goes down, he separates his shoulder out for the year. So... They turned the team over to me. I start the next eight games of the season. And fun little stat, uh, six of my first eight games were against top 15 teams. And to be completely honest with you, I was, I was thrown to the fire before I was ready. I was playing on instincts. I kind of joke with people now. I didn't really know the difference between a cover two and cover four, which obviously isn't the case, but it, was, it just kind of goes to show I wasn't ready. And I, I performed pretty well. Um, I set all the freshman passing records at KU. Um, it's kind of an unfortunate situation being I wasn't on the greatest team. My um, record showed that. And it, it was tough. Um, it was a great learning experience. And going into my sophomore year, I I was I was a guy. Um, I was a presumed starter until I broke my wrist right before spring ball, and I missed spring and majority of summer. And going into fall camp were one of the first few times I threw again. Um, and started off the sophomore campaign, and we're doing two-quarterback system. And as you know, not many two-quarterback systems work. Um, 
we're in out, in out, in out, kind of on quarterback carousel. And it was tough. The team was losing. Um, and the first thing you change when the team's losing is quarterback position. So we ended up playing our third string um, quarterback to finish out the year. Who did, who did Taylor Loco? Um, so after the season, I kind of sat down with my family, and we decided as a family that believed in myself. I felt like I could play at a at a better program, uh, playing bigger games, and I took the opportunity to transfer, and that's how I ended up at Virginia Tech. Okay, well, that answers my next question, so let's go on to the question after. What was the highlight of your career up to this point? Obviously, you mentioned you've been in a lot of big games and in the Big 12, and then you moved on to the ACC. Anything stands out from, from your time in college? Uh, highlight of my career? Um, it wasn't so much a highlight, but playing against Notre Dame my junior year. Um, it was a big-time game, ABC. Um, they pulled out all the stops. Uh, at Kirk Herb Street and Fowler were doing the game, and it was just a lot of pizzazz around it. And it was a the coolest things I've ever been involved with. Sold out stadium night time. It was just we didn't win the game, but I kind of looked around at one moment, looked at the stands, I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm here, I'm doing it." Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of an out of body experience at some point, and that's probably one of the highlights of my career. So, can you tell me about the Virginia game in 2018 when you were on Virginia Tech? Uh, you kind of broke up for a second. I didn't hear you. I'll say it again. Uh, tell me about the Virginia game in 2018. Oh, that that was a good game. Um, yeah, uh, it kind of went down to the wire. Uh, it was kind of back and forth, back and forth. Uh, we had a two minutes. I think there was probably around three minutes left, and we had a third and long, and I had to kind of hit a Hail Mary shot to keep the game alive. And the tight end, Dalton Keene, who actually just declared for the NFL, came down with a 50-50 catch, and we ended up scoring and sending it into overtime. And we kicked a field goal, and they ended up fumbling. We won the game in overtime. Storm the field. It, it was a really cool game. Uh, good experience. I want to get to that military bowl, the game that I watched. Uh, it was the only bowl game that you were a part of. Uh, how will you remember that game against Cincinnati that went down to the wire? Oh, man. I'll tell you, that was one of the coldest games I've ever played in. It was probably 34, 35 degrees and pouring rain. Um, Cincinnati was a really good team. Uh, we felt like we had a good game plan going into the game. Uh, I like what we were doing. Our offense was kind of rolling from the week before when we played Marshall. And it came down to the wire. I actually hurt my shoulder in the second quarter, and I almost didn't finish the game, but I ended up finishing it. And it was just unfortunate we kind of pull out the win, but it was still a really cool experience. Just the whole bowl game atmosphere, and I loved every second of it. Tell me about the quarterback battle with Hendon Harker. In terms of? In terms uh, of the spring and in terms of you guys going in there and battling with it. Obviously, we know everything went down during your senior year, but um, just – uh, competing for, for that job going into your senior year? Yeah. Um, our coaching staff, they're big on we don't hand the job to anyone. Um, so at all times, quarterbacks got to compete. And that's what we did. Um, 
going into fall camp, uh, we were splitting up reps evenly, and I ended up winning the job. Um, and I started the first four games. My issue was my running back, our number one running back, got hurt the very first game. And when I was in there, we had trouble running the ball. We're kind of relying on my arm too much. We're probably throwing 80% of the time, running 20% of the time. And our offensive philosophy is we want to be 50-50 balanced. We want to keep the, keep the defense balanced. Um, it, it was tough. Uh, I hurt my toe. I got turf toe, and I sprained my throwing arm shoulder after a week three game Furman. And that was during our bye week going into Duke. We brought in Jerry Kill that week, and he was kind of, so to say, a run game analyst, run game coordinator. And his answer to our running game was, was run the quarterback. Get an extra blocker in the box, extra hat in the box. And so I kind of felt that coming, and I kind of pushed myself to get ready to play the Duke game. And... Looking back on it in hindsight, probably shouldn't have played it. Wasn't healthy, wasn't ready to go. And we got completely rolled over by Duke. And after that, they sat me down. They're like, Ryan, uh, we like what you're doing and everything, but we're going to give him an opportunity. And I told the coaches, I go, um, I believe in you guys. I trust you guys. Um, I'm going to be the best team I can be. Still work my butt off every day in practice and support the team in whatever role I'm put in. Take me into your mindset a little bit, uh, Ryan. Before the ball is snapped, what are the tendencies that you're looking for from the defense? Um, it depends week to week. Uh, we scout them all all week and just kind of finding where the safeties are at, where the nickel is, trying to get a pre-snap read. Are there any blitz looks we've got to be aware of? Is my protection going to work? Um, are we running to the shade? Are we running to the three-tech? Um there's a lot of different things you got to look for. It depends on the player. How did you develop a quick internal clock? Um, you know, it's, it just comes from reps. It just comes from practice. Um, and it's hard. Uh, in practice, we don't get touched as quarterbacks. So our, our clock's probably longer than it should be. Uh, you know, that's a tough question. It just kind of comes from in-game live reps. We've all been playing football our entire life, and you kind of know when to get the ball out of your hands. What are your strengths? Um, definitely my arm. Uh, that's definitely my biggest strength. Uh, I feel as if I can make every throw on the field. Uh, I feel comfortable passing in the quick game. I feel com- comfortable passing across the middle, downfield, uh, play action. I feel like I can do it all. And what are your weaknesses? Um, my weaknesses, uh, probably jet sweep power reads, uh, be really specific. Um, need to get a little better in the running game. Um, I'm pretty athletic for my size. I'm probably 4'6", 4'7", I should run the ball better than I have. You know, Bud Foster has defined Virginia Tech football for the longest time, uh, especially after... Frank Beamer moved on. We all know that he is retiring. But how tough was it, Ryan, to prepare for his defense and play against his defense and practice every day? I could rave about Bud Foster all day. Uh, that man's a complete legend. He got his players ready to play every game, and those guys played for him. 
Um, he's just one of the most man's man I've ever met. And my sit-out year, my redshirt year, I had to go against his defense every single day. And that defense had, I think, six or seven guys drafted. Um, just the schemes Bud runs. Uh, he runs that real low, strong safety into the mini cover four look with a robber defender. And it's just tough. Um, he does stuff that no one else in the nation does. And it's just really cool to see and be a part of what he was doing at Virginia Tech. So your dad played at Kansas State. Uh, what? It's a two-part question. How does a guy like you wind up in Kansas knowing that your dad played at Kansas State in Manhattan? And what has your dad taught you about football? Uh, I, majority of what I've learned about football came from my dad. Um, he loved Kansas State. Um, he supported me in my decision to go to KU. Um, it took him a while to get over the hump. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, he loved it. He wanted me to have the best opportunity I could have. And at that time, we thought it was KU. And he supported me and loved unconditionally and just did everything he could. Who was the quarterback that you studied to improve your game? <clears throat> Can you say that again? I'm sorry. Who was the quarterback that you studied to improve your game? Um... There's a lot of guys out there. Um, you got to admire guys like Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan. Uh, those are the kind of guys I try to emulate and try to be like. And what's the key to playing the quarterback position? The key to playing the quarterback position? Uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, there's <laughs> a lot that goes into it. Um, I think the number one thing you have to be is tough. Um you have to be the toughest guy on the field. People got to be able to follow you and believe in you. Um, you got to have the leadership qualities and kind of just have all the intangibles. When you get to a certain level, everyone has a good arm. Everyone's athletic. It's the little things that separate you. And the uh, last question is, uh, what is the main reason an NFL team should draft you? The main reason an NFL team should draft me? Um, second. I can make plays. I can win games for them. Um, I am an NFL quarterback. Um, I can have success if I get into the right system, and I just need someone to give me an opportunity. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Ryan. Um, it was a good interview. Um, so I guess we just wish you luck on your training, and uh, good luck on your pro day, and good luck in the draft. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. All right. Have a good one. This was Bloodscast number 91. Thank you for listening. Take care.